Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Recording this on a Saturday. If you're listening to this on Saturday, come join us at Rock Esports Center. It's in Palmetto Bay, not too far from the University of Miami. Alex, myself, others from Five Reasons Sports Network will be watching the game. You can just come chill with us. Check out the place. It's awesome. Okay. Easy parking, which you can't really say in Miami very often. Come hang out with us starting at about 7.30, 8 o'clock. And then afterwards, our second 2K24 one-on-one tournament. That one is $30 per person. You don't need to pay the 30 to just come hang out. But if you want to play for cash prizes, that'll be right as the game ends. We will start that tournament. So come check it out. It's at Rock Esports Center tonight, Saturday night for Heat Bulls. Also do want to mention a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friends over at Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You get $20 to play. NFL tournaments, NBA tournaments going on every week, every day. And again, with this free money, your first couple tournaments are free. So check them out. Again, it's Better Edge with an O, betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. And now, today's episode. Down the Biscayne. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the scroll playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me, Ethan J. Skolnick, on the Five Reasons Sports. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me, Greg Sylvander. And we're going to hit the Twitter topic. I mean, we do this sometimes. We obviously engage with you there. We'd rather engage with you on our Discord off the floor, so make sure you subscribe there. But this conversation has now translated over to our Discord feed as well. And, of course, it's Tyler Hero, and it's because in this build, he's the most polarizing player. That's just the way that this thing has played out. It's always the third guy. I'm going to say this is not Tyler-specific. Since I've been covering the Heat 25-something years ago, it's always about the third guy. I, it's always about is the third guy good enough to get the top two guys over the top had these conversations over and over, not on Twitter because it didn't exist, about Jamal Mashburn for years, okay, during that build. Was Jamal the right number three? Was Zoe and Timmy? Um, why did Jamal sometimes play well in the regular season but didn't come through in the playoffs? There were injury issues with Mash. 
Okay, we heard about all this stuff. Then after that, the next build, because they traded Jamal, was Eddie Jones, was supposed to be kind of the third guy a couple of different times, actually, uh, with Zoe and Tim, even though it was a fading Tim at the time. But then Zoe got sick. Eddie had to be pushed into a different role. Should he be paid what he was getting paid? And then when they brought in, they made the trades uh, again and brought in Shaq. Eddie became the third guy again behind Shaq and Dwayne or Dwayne and Shaq. And then was Eddie good enough for that? And then ultimately the decision was made. Okay. Maybe not in that case. And then he was traded. Right. And then they brought in a bunch of other pieces. And then we had the conversation about Antoine Walker for most of that season. Like why weren't we getting the Antoine Walker that we got in Boston? This happens over and over. And yes, Chris Bosch, for those who do not remember, because it I happened. was ending you all off on Twitter, the, all this love for Chris Bosch, which is absolutely deserved because as a player and a person, he's a top five favorite for me on Miami Heat folks that I've ever covered. He's not, he may not be five. Okay. But you guys were not thrilled with Chris a lot during the big three era. Okay. Why doesn't he rebound? Why does he, why isn't he Toronto Bosch? Okay. And all the rest of this stuff. So this is normal. And here's the other thing about it. And Heat people will tell you this. Other teams always ask about the third guy. So the third guy is always going to be in these trade rumors, even if the team that has him is not offering him to anybody on a consistent basis. It's the guy that everybody else is going to ask for. They don't ask for Jimmy. Even only the stupid ones ask for Bam. Okay. And, and the Heat say, eh, no. Okay. With Tyler, they might pick up the phone. That's it. It does not mean they're trying to trade him. With Bam, they're hanging up on you. All right. So that's basically where this is at. So this is not specific to Tyler, but he has become the lightning rod. It's also not specific to Tyler, Greg, to have a conversation about whether a team is better without one of its best players, because I'm old enough, and I believe you are as well, to remember the without Wade movement. Oh, my uh, gosh. Which went, <laughs> which went on a lot during the, the last couple of years of the big three and then resurfaced after LeBron left and everybody was kind of uh, looking at whether or not they were better without Dwayne. Are the, can I ask this question first and you can start? Are they better without Tyler hero before we get into the specifics of the rest of it? Are they better without Tyler hero? I hate this question. I hate this subject. I hate this topic. Um, my daughter is right outside of my office right now playing her keyboard. So if you hear that in the background, it's, it's appropriate for this subject. If you hear what sounds like circus music, um, it's just, I feel like we always default to this with the third guy. And you're so right. Mm -hmm. The way you chronicled it, it brings back horrid flashbacks of all of the conversations about, is it, would you rather be Mitch Richmond? Would you rather be in the Bosch era? You know, it was like Dwight Howard was like the name everyone wanted to right. get. Mellow. That was another one. You're right. This is, I guess, where I land. One I don't think that they're a worse team with Tyler. I think that there's some things they have to figure out that's purely like basketball function wise. But I guess I would pose the question back like this. Like if we think that Tyler is quote unquote getting in the way of Jimmy and Bam on offense, because I've seen a lot of like kind of the narrative has been that he hijacks the offense and that everybody's in a more clearly defined role, et cetera. That could be true to an extent about the roles. I don't think he's purposefully hijacking the offense, but I guess I would ask, how did you plan to integrate Dame Lillard or Brad Beal or any of these other guys? Like, I think they would be even more of, and we saw this with the big three, it takes time for this stuff to start to figure itself out. And so I just think that sometimes people skip straight to the name 
and they forget about the whole part of how you got to bring players together and make it work. And I just don't think it's logical to point to Hero and say, they're not as good with him out there, but then also like wish for a trade that would bring in a new third guy that they'd have to integrate. And then that could be a mess. So I just ultimately think that this is a situation where they got on a hot streak. It's been a perfect storm for them in terms of the opponents that they've played and they're playing really well. So people are going to ask that, but it's, it's not viable to me. You can't take away a talent like Tyler hero and say that the team got better. It's just ridiculous. You can't take away good players and say a team got better, but where you're going, we can go a little later in the episode here, which is how do you integrate Tyler in the best way to maximize not only himself, but others on the team. That's a fair conversation to have this idea that they're better without him is ridiculous. All right. And I'll, I'll go back to, cause I know everybody's going to trace it back to last year in the run to the finals. We will never know whether or not they would have gotten to Tyler got to the finals with Tyler hero, because we haven't seen it. Okay. Or what well, we saw them get to the finals with him in the bubble. But in other words, with last year's team, last year's circumstances, we don't know. We, there's no way to know. All I know is this. He had scored 12 points against Milwaukee in the first game. He was going against drop coverage, which he salivates over. My guess is he would have had a good series against the bucks. Would they have won the series against the bucks? Again, we don't know. All right. Would they have won the series after that? We don't know, but the idea again, and I'm going to say it again, I'm going to screw it up on purpose. I think this causation is not correlation. No, causation, correlation is not causation. I finally got it correct. Somebody corrected me on our discord again. Okay. <laughs> they played a different way without Tyler because they had to. And yes, it worked ultimately. Now it almost didn't work because they almost squandered a three Oh lead against Boston. And I do recall as they were squandering that 3-0 lead against Boston, people saying they really could use Tyler's offense right now. Mm-hmm. That did that was a thing briefly, okay? But they had to play a different way. They didn't have a choice because they didn't have enough creation without Tyler. They didn't have enough scoring without Tyler. And so they leaned in to their defense, all right? And they leaned into ridiculous usage for Jimmy Butler. And there are times... Where a player's absence, this goes back to Bill Simmons' Ewing theory and all the way back to the, the 1999 postseason where Patrick was out. And so the, the Knicks leaned into Spreewell, Houston, and Camby. They'd had problems making the whole thing fit the whole season. And then with Patrick out, Camby moved to the five. Spreewell and Houston got the bulk of the scoring. They went a different way. It's not the first time. It happens a lot, okay, where, again, one of your best players' usage goes up because somebody else is out and that player takes off okay all around the league all right and sometimes it happens in short sample sizes and sometimes it happens in bigger sample sizes occasionally usually shorter sample size okay and then the compressed nature of the playoffs where you're playing against the same team every couple of days if you find a formula that works you can ride it for a certain period of time and they rode that formula because jimmy played it at a ridiculous level but when jimmy couldn't play at that level anymore after not just fatigue, but also the injury that he suffered, you know, with uh, with Josh, uh, you know, with Josh Hart and the ankle and all that, they could have used Tyler Hero because ultimately Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and the others could not replicate some of the things that Tyler could have given them if he had been healthy. So the argument again that they're better without Tyler because they were better without they got to the finals without Tyler. To me, you, you're reaching. Okay. And you're reaching to say they're better without Tyler now 
when again they started this winning streak with Tyler on the court. Okay. Two games. And they played some soft teams in this streak, right? And here's the other thing that's happened. I don't think it's just that Jimmy's picked up his usage because Tyler's out. Jimmy's picked up his usage because Jimmy seems to give a damn over the past week. And he didn't seem to give a damn prior to that. So you have too many variables to uh, to have a control group here to say, okay, they're better without Tyler. And I'm going to go back to the, the without Wade thing. They were better without Wade. They were during the big three era in certain circumstances. It's the usage thing you talk about. The usage thing. Eric Spolstra. I had a conversation with him, I think, late, might have been, it was after the 13 uh, finals run, the one that ended with the Ray Allen shot, where he told me flat, we were talking about analytics, and we were talking about how, I was like, how much you use them? And he says, I get the reports, okay, I, I look at the reports and all this, but sometimes you go against them, because you know the players involved. And his example to me, initial example to me, was UD, that if he had gone according to the analytics, like UD would not have seen the light of day in the series against the Indiana Pacers, and instead he had two eight-for-nine games, okay? <laughs> two. Because he knew UD, he knew the circumstances, and he went more with feel than he did with the numbers. And he says in the other one, and this, by the way, was, was widely uh, uh, chronicled by the likes of like Tom Haverstrow, okay, was covering the Heat at the time, and he would harp on correctly. Tom's the best at the numbers, okay. That the fact that Dwayne and LeBron were not effective together from an analytics perspective as the big three era increased uh, went down the line. They had they were not, the first year was a struggle. Then they figured out a way to play together, and then when Dwayne declined and teams figured out how to play against them, the LeBron Dwayne uh, Dwayne numbers together were nowhere near as good. As LeBron without Dwayne, LeBron's numbers without Dwayne were sensational. When LeBron and Wade played together, they were only just really good. Okay, there was a difference. And at times, actually, they were a negative together. And then when you got Dwayne off the court and put shooters around LeBron, with LeBron playing the four, the Heat were absolutely unstoppable. Does that mean that they should have jettisoned Dwayne Wade to Sacramento? No, it means that Eric Spolstra found a way, and we're going to hit this in the second part of this episode, Greg. He found a way to utilize both of them to maximize when it mattered. Even if the metrics showed that LeBron and Dwayne shouldn't be playing together, he found pockets of the game where they didn't, where Dwayne ran with the bench, where LeBron ran with shooters. And then, yes, at the end of the game, you're not benching one of them, so you had to figure out a way in that compressed time to have your two elite guys figure it out on the fly. And sometimes it wasn't on offense. It was on defense or it yeah. was getting to the line and they won two titles together and got to four finals. So on the other side of this, and I know, I, Oh, you could say that Tyler is Dwayne. I am not. I'm saying that some of these principles still apply. I do want to mention another sponsor of the five reasons sports network. This is a principle that always applies. If you've got water damage, I'm mentioning water damage specifically this week. Cause I live in Broward County. Did you get flooded? This past week, you still cleaning up? You might want to reach out to our friends Michael Robert and their team over at Water Cleanup of Florida. They're based in Boca Raton, but they service the entire Tri-County area down here. They're a one-stop water and mold cleanup shop. They also do the preventative uh, stuff for you because we know after the fact, you might be finding this now. The insurance companies, they don't help you so much. So reach out to Water Cleanup of Florida. Make sure that your place is in tip-top shape before something happens. It's WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com. At Water Cleanup of Florida, if you've got the schmutz, they got the guts.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All right. So, Greg, I'll let you weigh in on all of that. And then let's figure out how our exposure can make this work when Tyler is coming back. It, it, you're you're taking the words out of my mouth with Spolstra um, figuring stuff out, because I also there's an element of this where we like applaud Spo, rightfully so, for all the things that he figures out and the way that he maximizes different combinations and figures out ways to make you know, uh, players work that didn't work in theory, like Dwayne and LeBron. Um, I almost feel like there's a part of this where like, you also have to trust him to figure out what to do with Tyler. Right. And when we talk about what, what is the issue? I think that there is a little bit maybe to the idea that staggering as much as you can is probably the prudent approach to this it's, I think, a lot easier to talk about in um, theory than in actual practice because, like, uh, it's hard to sit one of your guys, right? When you got Jimmy, you got Bam, you got Tyler. But I think it's a, it is a situation where we can't deny that Tyler has looked better in that. And I guess I'm going back to the one year where he was leading that second unit. It just left such an imprint on, like, kind of the dynamic between having Jimmy and then Tyler reinforced with the second unit. There's a part of me that wants to just go back to that. I don't know if it's old conditioning on my part, but that's where I feel like this could be heading, not to bench Tyler, but more about the staggering. Um, do you see a world where he all of a sudden comes off the bench? I, I don't think no. that that's viable. No, no, I don't. And, and I should have closed the loop on the whole Dwayne LeBron thing. Cause the final thing that, that spoke, you know, said to me was, he says, again, if I listened to the analytics here, I never would have played them together. <laughs> Uh, but obviously it would be idiotic not to play them together. And, and I feel like that's what we're getting into here also. Um, I don't think, look, do they flow better when Tyler is running the bench? Yes, they do. Okay. Duncan, uh, at first it was a gravity thing with him, but it's also a usage thing with him that he just, what for whatever reason, he creates the lanes and the space for the others to operate without having to to operate himself necessarily, although we've shown lately that he can more than he did before. But Tyler Hero is your starting two guard at this stage, okay? And and for those who are going to point to and, and I, look, I've pointed to these examples before, Ginobili, and what he accomplished off the bench. And San Pop said it recently. He was talking about his own uh, young players that. <laughs> Manu came off the bench. He's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, or we just saw Russell Westbrook, you know, he shouldn't have been the one, by the way. Should have been Harden, okay? But Russell Westbrook, you know, volunteering to come off the bench. And and there have been others, and we've discussed 
uh, you know, this uh, Chris Paul, it's been a conversation and I'd use it as an argument for Kyle Lowry to come off the bench. Okay. Kyle starting. It does not mean that Tyler should be the one to sacrifice here. In my yeah. view, it, it, it's, it's a 23 year old emerging player who has improved in every season and had improved dramatically this season for those who are forgetting. And look, I looked at the usage numbers and even now, okay. Tyler's usage is about 29 and a half. Bam's is 28, by the way, that's a positive development. That's way up from last year. Jimmy's is 25 and that's crept up. It was 22 to 23 until the past couple of games without Tyler. Okay. And if you could tell me that all of them would be 25, I, I think you would absolutely take that. I think that, and, and, and if I want one of them to have a higher usage, it's bam, just because the way that others feed off of him. But Tyler's usage is going to be north of 25, and it can be, and it should be. And he's not a highly inefficient player. This is not a Jordan Poole conversation. That That's the part of this. Like, he's been put in this class. Look, is he in Maxi's class? I think we see Maxi separating himself from some of these other guys. I think we have to acknowledge that, okay? But – and Anthony Simons has been hurt this year. There's, there's a bunch of two guards that we talk about in, in – okay – Tyler Hero is not a selfish player like Jordan Poole. He's not looking the other way during timeouts. He's not shooting. He's not looking the other way during threes and running down the court. He's not irritating his teammates to the point that they want to, you know, take him out one way or the other. Like, that's not Tyler. And when again, when we start to put him in these conversations, like, okay, he's this inefficient two-guard, that's just simply not true. I mean, I'm looking – at the numbers here, like, okay, his true shooting percentage this year is 56%. His, uh, again, his usage rate is 29.6%. His assist percentage is 23.6%. By the way, that's highest on the league, uh, on, the, on the league, on the team. If he's a selfish player, why is that happening? Why does he have the highest assist percentage on the team? His effective field goal percentage this year is 53%. Jimmy's is 52 now, I know Jimmy's not shooting a ton of threes. He's shooting 23 threes uh, at 48%, though. And so, again, his effective field goal percentage is higher than Jimmy's is. And although he doesn't get to the line that often, he's still third on the team in free throw attempts, even while missing uh, all these games. I mean, Jimmy has 80. Bam has 80. Tyler only has 25. But, again, that's third on the team, and he shoots 88% from there. So th there's just there's no argument to be made that Tyler is an inefficient offensive player. He, he's shooting 45% overall and 41% from three and 88% from the line. Okay. Now, should you stagger some lineups? Yes. Okay. And Spolster was starting to do that because he was doing the sub thing where he was bringing in Tyler. He was taking out Tyler and then bringing him back in for Jimmy towards the end of the first quarter so that he could run with the second group. And I would love to see what Tyler looks like running with a group of Jaime Jaquez, Caleb Morton, Josh Richardson, and Kevin Love, for example. Like, that, that's... And I mean, that's if they put the whole in. bench in. <laughs> right. And, and, then, and in that group, you have enough shooting. You've got, with Jaquez, Martin, Richardson, you've got defense... Okay, and and with Kevin again, you've got some playmaking, hit ahead passes, get the ball out to Tyler. I'd love to see what that looks like, and I think you're going to. It doesn't mean you need to pull Tyler from the starting lineup. It just means that you're essentially limiting his minutes with the starting lineup, and with Jimmy specifically. 
okay, to kind of the first six of the first quarter, first six of the third quarter, and maybe the last six when Jimmy comes back. So you're talking about him playing 18 of roughly 35, 36 minutes, so half of his minutes with the core members of the starting lineup. And other than that, he runs with a bench or he runs with Bam and the bench when Bam comes back in. Spo is always thinking of these things in terms of layers. You don't have to bench Tyler. You just, I think, I don't think more than half of his minutes should play be played with Jimmy. That's that's where I come down on this. I, I think that that's reasonable. And I also think that, um, like, there's an element of this, too, where they got to figure it out. Like, that's the, the onus is on the players and the coaching staff to figure out how to make it work. And, uh, I mean, I'll even cycle back to Pat's uh, press conference prior to the season when he talked about, um, like, you know, bringing the team back, which got everyone up in arms. And he said, uh, or maybe it wasn't Pat directly. Somebody said something to the effect of that. This is like the last run with this group. I think it actually was Pat. And so to that point, I do think that it's like, it's all the, these guys got to figure out how to make it work. The staggering is a part of it. Getting Caleb back, I think is huge. Haywood Highsmith emerging the more defensive versatility that they can flank Tyler with. I think that they're going to figure this out ultimately. And, and then I guess I'd ask this because I think fans also are asking this question. Is it a situation where if you don't trade Kyle, this thing's never going to ascend to the point that it absolutely could. So they're starting to think about like, would it make sense to turn Tyler into two more utilitarian pieces instead of the, the starter that he is now. I don't agree with that. I, I think they need another guard, another lead guard, obviously, but that, that that's kind of, I, I, you're, you said it earlier, Ethan, and I'll just close with this. It, it will be unfortunate if the fan base and those who want to hold the team accountable, shout out to Alex, are harping at Tyler Hero when this is much more of a Kyle Lowry-led issue in the starting lineup. It's completely that. <laughs> like, that, that's... Okay, that, that may be a little unfair. Uh, the, the stat guys will come at me on that one. It, it's not completely that, because I know that they're going to they're gonna throw the lineups at me and say, well... When Tyler's on the bench, but Kyle's playing with Duncan and uh, Bam and Jimmy and say Haywood, the number I haven't even looked at them, but I just know. I just know because whenever you throw Duncan in the lineup with Bam and Jimmy, the lineup excels. It's just it's the it, this has been the consistent thing, particularly with Bam. And now that it seems like Jimmy and Duncan are on this kumbaya symbiotic page in a way that I've ne honestly never seen the two of them on since uh, since Jimmy got here. I mean, it, it, not since that first season. I mean, Jimmy joking with Duncan and breaking up his interviews in the locker room and Duncan laughing back. I'm like, look, you is know, that Max Struess over there? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, right, exactly. I, I, I was half expecting Jimmy to say, yeah, you're good, but Struess is better. Because that's kind of the way he's treated Duncan for the past couple of years, uh, but honestly, everybody seems loose and light, and and that I took note of that specifically, actually. Um, so it's great, like the fact that 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 Duncan has emerged uh, as this different kind of player, this better variation of himself, is fantastic. It's a good thing, like this this idea that it has to lead to this stress point where now you hit on it, and that's where I wanted to close where they need to somehow trade Tyler because now the build is going to be around two again instead of three. They have to trade Tyler for these other pieces. There's no evidence they need to do that. 
Like this Hell is no. again with Eddie Jones, there was evidence. Okay. Third, he was the third guy. They tried him as the second guy, kind of became the de facto first guy on some bad teams. And then he was the third guy with Shaq and Dwayne. And when Dwayne got hurt in the Detroit series, that was Eddie's opportunity. And I'll remember the column I wrote before game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, this is Eddie's moment. And Eddie had arguably his worst game in the Heat uniform. They, they got blown the bleep out in Detroit by 40, which is why Stan rushed, not only rushed Dwayne back, but forced the ball to Dwayne in the fourth quarter of that game seven in a way that pissed Shaq off. And then Shaq was out on stance. So like the fact that Eddie didn't come through, which they kind of knew was going to happen, like had repercussions on other things. And it was just time. Okay. And so, yes, you take the third guy, Eddie Jones, where he still had value and you make a bunch of trades. I didn't like at the time, but that obviously worked and you get Antoine and you get uh, Posey, et cetera. And you bring in Peyton and Jay will happy birthday, Jay will, by the way. And although he wouldn't say it back to me, he never liked the media, but this is uh, look, that worked, okay? And and it made sense. There's no reason to do that right now. Like there's just there's no there's no reason to do that. There's not enough of a sample size that with this particular group, as long as it's things are staggered in a certain way, that it can't work. And there's also no evidence that Tyler's gonna shrink in the big moments. Nobody has said that about Tyler like they did about Eddie or Jamal. Agreed. Like nobody has said, like Tyler doesn't shrink. He just hasn't been available for some of them. And if you're, everybody's going to start the injury thing with me. When's Bradley Beal coming back? How many games has Bradley Beal played this year? How many games has Devin Booker played this year? Is Tyler Hero the only guy who ever gets hurt? I mean, seriously, like ever gets hurt with freak stuff. Bradley Beal has stuff that looks like it might linger. Okay. Jimmy's had so, freak injuries and he's Superman at times. And I go back to the NFL thing where I don't want to jinx the guy. Who's one of the only starting quarterbacks who's played every game this year? The one that everybody thought was too damn fragile? How's Joe Burrow doing? Okay, these arguments about injury prone, they're they're stupid. It's okay, fluky. most yeah. of the time. I, I, unless this is a generative situation or a conditioning situation where the guy doesn't take care of his health. Okay, like I don't know. James Sean has Kemp a bunch of or something. injuries. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, but this idea that Tyler is – you can't count on Tyler. You can't count on anybody, okay, in life, in basketball. Okay, that's how this thing works, all right? But the but the point is, like, trading Tyler Hero for scraps or even, frankly, for Zach Levine, who we're going to see a couple uh. times this weekend, along with others, you do not hold – you said this best, Greg, and I'll close here. You don't hold Tyler back from all of these trades, when teams have inquired, teams have offered the Heat one or two first-round picks at times, no matter what the public perception of all this is. And I know Chicago likes Tyler. You don't hold Tyler Hero back from everything but Durant and and Lillard to trade him for four years of Zach Levine at north of $40 million per year when Zach hasn't seemed to click with certain people up there and has a knee issue, which by all accounts is worse than anything long-term that Tyler Hero is has dealt with over the course of his career. And Tyler is younger and getting better. It's, 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 it's honestly, it's frankly ridiculous. So that's where I'm closing. All right, come join us today. Rock Esports Center. Stagger the lineups. That's it. Spo knows this. This is not don't you don't trade the guy. You don't banish the guy. You don't bench the guy. And for everybody who said without Wade, were you saying that when Dwayne came back? Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Reason Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.